0: Good morning. My name is Alex, and I serve as lead pastor here at Courtright, and I just want to add my word of welcome to what Allison said at the beginning as the kids go off. Bye, kids. It's good to see so many of you. Let us all say goodbye, children. That's as high church as we get at Courtright. That was a call and response, wasn't it? Yeah. So... uh, Today, it's my pleasure to introduce not our guest speaker yet. First of all, it's my pleasure to introduce Mr. and Mrs. Jacob and Becca Nethercott. Why don't you guys stand? Come on, come on, yeah, so... And why weren't you in church last weekend, I've got to ask. <laughs> this is our custom, if you're new to court rate, right, to shame newlyweds. Um, you were getting married, that's not a bad excuse. So we're, we're so happy for you and we look forward to seeing how this plays out. So we're with you, we're with you and we're pray, play, praying for you. So uh, I'm going to introduce our guest speaker now. Um, Ed Dixon, why don't you come up, Ed? So that uh, I'm going to pray for you. Ed is the international director of Loads for Love, which is a Christian humanitarian organization that works with orphan children and children with special needs and plants churches in Ukraine and has done that since 1997 or? 95, okay. So Ed was born on a tomato farm in Leamington, Ontario, and he came yeah. to Guelph. Any, any fans of Leamington, Ontario here? Like, any tomatoes. fans of tomatoes, okay. <laughs> Great, up and tomato fans. Um, he came to Guelph to do his master's in economics at the University of Guelph, and in um, 1995, while he was working for U of G, he felt the call of God to move to Ukraine. And Ed has been a regular guest speaker at Courtright uh, for 25 years now. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun, I eh? was...
1: I spoke here when Courtright was on Courtright. <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> you're like a relic of a bygone era. <laughs> well preserved, though. You look, you, look, you look great. You look great. So Ed has... Uh, been traveling back and forth to Ukraine. Ukraine's obviously been on our minds and in our prayers a great deal. So we're we're really delighted that you're here. And um, I'm gonna pray for you now. Dear God, we thank you for Ed. We thank you for his family. We thank you for loads of love. Um, We thank you for the opportunity you've given us individually and especially as a congregation to uh, support in our prayers and in our missions budget, people like Ed and organizations like Loads of Love. Um, We pray today that as Ed brings your word, as he preaches and as he shares stories from just the terrible turmoil um, that has engulfed Ukraine with the war there, that that you would um, give him uh, the message that we need to hear today and encourage him as he preaches and encourage all of us with what he has to say. In Jesus' name, we ask it. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Alex. Thank you very much. Uh, I am very happy to be here. I, I can't say that strongly enough. Um, and the reason I say it, every time I'm asked to come and speak here, I always say yes right away, because every time I come, God does something special here when I'm here. I feel it every time I'm here and just really excited to be here. I'm going to be speaking from Philippians chapter four today. So if you're if you know that scripture, I'm going to be saying different verses that you know. But really, uh, I'm excited to do that. And uh, uh, let's get right into Philippians chapter four. Basically, the apostle Paul, who was called to other countries as a missionary, uh, I feel very strongly about some of these words that I'm sharing today because. I was also called to go to another country for some reason. I'm still trying to figure out exactly why, but uh, I know that God called me. And there's nothing better than knowing in your life exactly what God wants you to do. Uh, it's, uh, it's something that we often search for, but I've been very blessed. And the Apostle Paul basically gives greetings to the church, and then he talks about two ladies in the church <laughs> He says their names, Euodia and Syntyche, and he urges them, pleads with them, please have the same mind. Obviously, there was some squabble going on in the church, and for some reason, God chose to uh, have this in Scripture for us, because, of course, we know that, you know, eventually we would never have squabbles in church ever again, like today. Uh, So it would remind us that there was a time when there were squabbles in the church, And he urged them to be of one mind. And then he mentioned that they actually worked in the church. They were ministers in the church, and they worked with Clement. He mentions the name Clement. I come in today. I come to the back to the sound booth. I give my little PowerPoint. And I said, hi, what's your name? He says, Clement. (laughs) I'm like, you're in the scripture reading today. And uh, just like that, I had a new friend, (laughs) Clement and I. Um, I think, you know, that when I read this uh, portion of Scripture, uh, the Apostle Paul is talking about relationships. He's talking about relationships between people, he's talking about relationships within the church, and he's talking about relationships in general, Uh, and he goes on to talk about that, but the next verse, in verse chapter 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord, always. He says it again. Again, I say, rejoice. He's asking us to rejoice, be happy. Rejoice in the Lord means, I think, to be thankful. And if you can put up the first uh, picture there, Clement, my friend, uh, (laughs) he, he says, rejoice in the Lord. And And I think rejoicing in the Lord is being thankful for the things we have. And I'm thankful, for example, for my family. I have a beautiful family. This is us uh, coming to uh, uh, Canada last summer. And man, did I ever get a sunburn all of a sudden. Anyway, so... It's just uh, amazing that uh, just by chance, I guess God's providence, that we came last summer to Canada for a year because my daughter Amy on the left there, uh, she was going into grade 12, and we've always been advised if they want to go to university here, it's probably a good idea for them to do their grade 12 here instead of in Ukraine. And uh, so we came back for that, and just by God's providence, here we were and, uh, and when the war broke out. And uh, I'm thankful for that because I know if I would have been in Ukraine, I probably would have spent the first three weeks just trying to get my family out before I went back in. But uh, uh, we're just so blessed to be here. We're so blessed to be Canadians. You know, thankful. You can be thankful for things in your life like being a Canadian. I remember being in Uzbekistan one time and I got picked up by a taxi driver And uh, I started to talk with him a little bit, and he recognized by my accent and other things that I wasn't a local guy. (laughs) And he says to me, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Canada. And he says, oh, if I was the president of Uzbekistan, I would go to war against Canada. I'm like, against Canada? Like, why would you go to war against Canada? He said, I would go to war against Canada, and then I would surrender and we'd all be Canadians. <laughs> this is the reception you get usually as a Canadian around the world. Um, everybody wants to be a Canadian. So I'm obviously blessed. Here I am. Uh, I'm surrounded by beautiful girls. And, and I realized later in my life, that's what I wanted all my life, was to be surrounded by beautiful girls. I mean, even the dog is a girl, you know? and. <laughs> Uh, I've been so blessed, and our little girl here, Steffi, she was four years old in this picture, and now you're all thinking, how old is that dude, right? But uh, I've been extremely blessed, and I, I was in Ukraine seven years, and then I met my wife. We have four daughters now, and uh, when Steffi was born, I prayed, like, Lord, please help me. Give me the energy that I'm going to need. To be the dad that she deserves. Genuinely. Like, give me the energy that, you know, that uh, I can be everything that she needs a dad to be in her life. And I prayed sincerely about that. And I can tell you this. God gives you just what you need. He always does. And he's given me energy. If you go to the next picture, this was also Steffi last uh, summer. We, We live in the household of Steffi. That's basically where we live. The house of Steffi, everything revolves around her. And uh, uh, just so much energy. We just feel so blessed all the time, just waking up, and she's so positive. And uh, the other day, we were sitting on the couch. I would go? We were sitting on the couch, she says to me, she says, Dad, can I have a Popsicle? And I said, well, we're going to have to ask your mom. She said, you don't know? <laughs> and I'm like, actually, I'm just your dad. And she said, and dads don't know anything? <laughs> and I said, you can't believe how close to the, uh, this ultimate truth in life that you just came with that statement. And, uh, but but we, feel, we feel so amazingly blessed and so joyful And really, uh, as the Apostle Paul tells us, rejoice. And again I say, in everything, no matter what's happening in your life, rejoice. Be happy. For what? For the relationships that we have. For the relationship we have with God. For the relationships that we share with other people. And the new people we meet. And all the things that God is blessing with. Everyone we meet is a new blessing from God. In our lives. Everyone we meet is something that God wants to show us. Um, The Apostle Paul goes on. He says, uh, uh, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Pray, he's saying. If you have a problem, if you have something you're concerned about, pray about it. Make it clear to God. And here's what he says will happen. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, no matter what the storm is raging around us, we can know that God's peace is available to us. Whatever the storm is around the boat, we can know Jesus is in the boat. And this is what we've come to know in Ukraine, that Jesus is in the boat. No matter how wild the storm is around us, he's in the boat. I've been to Ukraine twice now since the war broke out, and uh, we have 40 full-time workers working full-time in Ukraine right now, helping people, delivering groceries to people. We're evacuating people from bomb shelters, and I can tell you what you're not hearing on the news is the miracles that God is doing right now in Ukraine. The amazing things that he's doing through the people in the churches. If you go to the next picture there, Clement, uh, this is a young lady. So I've talked about her before in the church. Um, she, we found her in the orphanage It's the orphanage that the people in uh, Dnieper, Petros, Ukraine called the place that God forgot because they saw these children who had no use of their arms and legs, for example, like Natasha, uh, crawling around and and on little carts with wheels on them when we first got there. And Natasha one day came to an art class that someone in the church was giving and uh, had come to the orphanage to help the kids. She... said to the guy that she wanted to paint, he felt really awkward, like, what am I going to do? And she said, put the brush in my mouth. If you go to the next picture, uh, she began to paint, and the rest was history. Just unbelievable works of art came out of her. And uh, it was just, um, I guess, about six years ago, she was honored on national television in Ukraine from the orphanage that we were helping at. A beautiful young lady that they said, would never develop into anything in life, would, should be just put away in an institution, began to paint, and now honored on national television as one of the heroes of Ukraine. And uh, I can tell you something else. Natasha, right now, she had a dream. She told me before I left, uh, before the war started, she had a dream that she would someday live in Canada. Uh, and I thought, you know, Natasha, I really... Really amazed at how you're so optimistic and you have all these dreams, but, you know, moving to Canada would be something really crazy. And uh, I can tell you right now, Natasha is living in Sarnia, Ontario. (laughs) Praise God. And the community there has reached out to her. They've given her an apartment to live in free. Uh, They've provided all kinds of services for her. Just amazing outreach of Canadians helping these uh, people that are coming from Ukraine. And uh, I was with her, of course, a while ago, and just amazed at what God is doing in her life and the blessings that he's opening up for her. If you go to the next picture, another child from the orphanage, very limited use of his hands and legs, and, or his hands and, and, yeah, his legs. So, so uh, we started to do some operations, surgeries for him when he was small, and Um, trying to give him a little more mobility. And they told us if you take him to a swimming pool, maybe he'll be able to swim. It would help him with the rehabilitation. So we took him to the pool. Now, Anton tells the story that these Canadians took him to the swimming pool and threw him in to see if he could swim. (laughs) I want to tell you today, we did not throw him in. We lowered him very nicely into the pool to see if he could swim. And uh, did he take off? He says... When he's in the water, he's free. He can do anything, right? And uh, did he ever take off? In this picture right here, uh, he received not one but two silver medals at the Paralympic Games in Tokyo. And uh, just amazing what God has done in his life. Uh, He's another hero of Ukraine in many ways. He's been honored on television and had interviews and just really amazing what God has done. And you know... Uh, if you win a medal in the Olympics or Paralympics, you get money, right? Now, for example, for a medal, you could get something like, depends on which country and how they do it, but maybe $30,000. Now, if that's someone in Canada and you've worked for four years and you get $30,000, that's, know, that's great. But for someone in Ukraine, it changes their life. And uh, Anton bought himself an apartment. He has his own apartment and uh, also bought himself a car that's, you know, it's all set up so that he can drive the car. If you go to the next picture, this was with, I was with him just a little while ago in Ukraine. You know what Anton is doing right now? He's delivering groceries to people, people without food. He's got a, like a whole humanitarian uh, organization that he's set up in Ukraine and we're able to supply him with the finances that he needs right now to help people. Just unbelievable what God is doing. And uh, like I said, these stories are not in the... You're not going to hear this in the news. Next picture. Uh, This is our... We have a Loads of Love big thrift store down in Chatham. Just very quickly, uh, the only reason I say this is because we have a big warehouse there we're shipping. We've shipped five containers of food aid now in the last... uh, since the war started. And uh, we know, many of you have heard, that there's going to be a food shortage there soon, and we're stocking up for that. Really feel like a, kind of a Joseph call right now to get this food ready for the winter. But we, because of the second-hand store there and all our volunteers, um, the store covers all of our administration costs for the mission, completely. And not only that, makes a profit of about $10,000 every month because everybody that works at the store is a volunteer. So when you make a donation, when churches give to Ukraine, right now 100% of the donation goes to Ukraine. And uh, I think you know just the way God has worked that out, just really a phenomenal thing for us to be able to do that right now. If you go to the next picture, we started last year uh, giving out uh, groceries in Ukraine. Uh, The reason we started that last year was because the pandemic, a lot of people lost their jobs, like many people, and there's no unemployment or anything like that in Ukraine, so uh, people lose their jobs, they just got nothing. So God spoke to me and said, uh, give them something to eat, basically, like the same thing Jesus said to his disciples, right, give them something to eat. I'm thinking, how am I going to do that? So I contacted churches, your church as well, and you guys gave a subne- substantial donation toward this project last year, and uh, we were able to go out and buy food for people. So our, our workers are delivering food. Can you imagine? They're going up to people's houses, just bringing them groceries, and they're saying, God told us just to deliver these to you. And people like, are just like, what? And then breaking into tears sobbing right there in front of them, just so amazed that God has not forgotten them. And what a privilege for us to be able to do this. This picture was taken like this is uh, Sasha and his wife, Allah. And this story came to us very shortly after we started giving out groceries last year. And uh, one of our workers sent me this picture and this story. She said that Sasha lost his job. Allah was at home. She has a brother who's bedridden. And they're taking care of him as well. But when Sasha lost his job, there was no income. They were living week to week. So uh, they got to the point where in their kitchen and in their fridge, they came to this point where they had nothing left. Like they were completely out of food and they had no money. So Sasha and Allah in their kitchen grabbed each other's hands and started to pray. For the first time in a long time, just like that, they began to pray together. They prayed that God would somehow help them because they didn't know what to do. While they were praying, his phone rang. And it was one of our workers telling them that we were bringing groceries. And for us, it was just such a sign that we were doing exactly what God wanted to do. We were exactly where God wanted us to be. We were right on that path, you know where he wanted us to be, and it was such an encouragement to us. And I began to share that story, and more churches started helping. Eventually, we got up to 5,000 families. We delivered groceries to them. And I remember when my workers told me, Ed, we just got up to 5,000 families, and it just hit me. I was feeding the (laughs) 5,000. It was like like I was just amazed at what God was doing. Eventually, we got up to 10,000 families, We delivered groceries to them and just really uh, changing their lives. And here's the greatest thing of all. In those 10,000 families, over 4,000 people prayed with our workers and committed their lives to Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. We were just like like literally, literally blown away. Unbelievable. We've never had anything like that happen in our in our ministry before. Now here's the thing. God was preparing us, right? He was just preparing us for what was going to happen. We didn't know there was going to be a war. Everyone in Ukraine before the war broke out, I was there a week before the war broke out, and nobody everybody's going to coffee shops and everything. Nobody believed that a war would start. Why on earth would they invade Ukraine? Like people just It didn't make any sense at all, like why would they do that? So no one believed that it would happen, and then suddenly it happened. If you go to the next picture, um, this is a picture of uh, some of our workers. Like I said, we have 40 workers there, just filled with joy. Look look at them, like a lot of them are really smiling. You notice that? Ukrainians usually don't smile for pictures. (laughs) I had to train them for a long time. To get them, that, like, like this, like this, you know, like Canadians, you know, and they what? Yeah. So anyway, uh, great people, just amazing. thing about Ukrainians, too, is that they don't, like, um, they don't uh, really know how to put on a, you know, like a face that is not something that they're actually feeling at the time, you know, and so that's part of it, and I actually respect that, you know, Like, Ukrainians, if you know any Ukrainians, they'll tell you exactly what they're thinking, you know. They don't really hold back. Uh, If you ask them, how are you doing, they'll tell you how they're doing. And uh, we don't generally do that. We usually, you know, how are you doing? Great, you know. Uh, So if you meet a Ukrainian that's coming to Canada now and you say, how are you doing? And they start to explain their life story, you'll understand (laughs) that's generally how they are. But really great people you go to the next picture, uh, when the war broke out, um, one of our workers actually took this picture, and this picture was eventually on, uh, BBC has used it on a number of their articles, and uh, we were in this, this was taken in the area of Kharkiv, and uh, where a village had been bombed out, a lady was waiting uh, for to be evacuated. Our workers have evacuated over 5,000 people, so they'll take food in to these areas, and uh, pastors, other people are driving in with their vehicles, taking food in and taking people out. And anyone who wants to come out will take them, take them to the churches. And it's been, uh, for me, um, you know, just uh, devastating in one way, but also I'm amazed at the strength of the Ukrainians right now like what they're doing and the pastors that are driving. I went in with them for one day. You know, they're doing this every single day, driving into these areas and rescuing people. So um, I'm just amazed at the, the courage of the people there. If you go to the next picture, uh, this is Pastor Sergey. This is one of the cars that we purchased, you know, to help them to take the food in and take people out. We've purchased over 11 vehicles now. I think it's... Yeah, it's 12 now, so uh, uh, these vehicles are being used by these pastors going in. If you go to the next picture there, we were driving through uh, Kharkov uh, when I was there. I actually snapped this picture. I was sitting in the back of the van there with Pastor Sergei, and a missile, Russian missile, landed less than a kilometer from where we were. And I, obviously, have never been near a Russian missile or any missile landing anywhere, and it was unbelievable. It was like if you were sitting in a stadium and the entire stadium collapsed around you. That's what it felt like. And we were driving in the car, and he stopped the car right away and looking around, and we didn't see anything. Like I'm wondering, where's the building that just collapsed? And then all of a sudden we saw the cloud coming up, And uh, we were able to go over there uh, that later uh, to see what had happened. And there were two people killed there. It hid in a residential area. And uh, I kind of, like maybe we shouldn't have even gone over there, but uh, uh, we were just so shaken up. And then a few days after that, anytime I heard a loud noise or anything, it was really, uh, I, I was a bit traumatized by the whole thing. And, and so you can imagine, just in a tiny little way, I could imagine what the people there are going through all the time now. If you go to the next picture, we were, this is in a bomb shelter. We, we went into a number of bomb shelters while I were there, and, and going in and taking people out. But the thing I was amazed about was that kids in the bomb shelter were still kids. They were still like drawing pictures and putting pictures up on the wall. They were still Playing games and uh, still filled with joy in the midst of uh, what was going on around them, and so that was also very striking to me. If you go to the next picture, this uh, we got. We were driving through Kiev. This is the grocery store where me and my family used to shop, just uh, right near our house outside of Kiev, uh, completely gone, like just just absolutely destroyed. If you go to the next picture. Uh, Within a kilometer of our house, within one kilometer radius, I counted uh, 15 destroyed Russian tanks in that area. Many of the tanks had driven right through people's homes. Uh, Just the the level of destruction there was just like nothing I'd ever seen in my life before. Number of people that were killed, three of our friends uh, in a car uh, when the war started were killed uh, not too far from that area. This is just south of Bucha and Irpin, you've heard of those areas maybe in the news in the beginning of the war. And uh, amazing thing, I guess, uh, we got to our house, which wasn't too far, obviously less than a kilometer from there. And not even one window was cracked in our house. Like somehow God had just protected that area. But, uh, but again, um, just to see the level of destruction there was was something else. If you go to the next picture... So people, these refugees that are being brought in, they're being brought into churches. Churches are uh, replacing their benches and chairs with beds, and the, the people are being brought in. And um, uh, one church I was in just uh, four weeks ago in Ukraine, and they had 300, about 300 people in the church before the war started. And eventually it went down to 150 people because so many people fled that area. Um, When I was in the church four Sundays ago, there were 325 people in the church. That means uh, 175 new people had come in just in the last short while. And when we were there on Sunday morning, the pastor at the end of the service asked if anyone wanted to come forward and commit their lives to serving God. And... 47, I counted them, 47 people came forward at the end of the service. There's a revival going on in Ukraine right now. This is really amazing if you think about it, that in the midst of this storm, God is doing something. God is still rescuing people. God is still doing miracles. God is still doing amazing things. If you go to the next picture, uh, we've delivered groceries in the past four months. Remember I said last year we did 10,000 families and we thought we were doing like big time work. In the last four months, we've delivered groceries to over 40,000 families in Ukraine and uh, prayed with, we, we can't even count the number of people that we've prayed with and, and uh, who have committed their lives to Christ and just all the amazing miracles that are going on. These people are so worthy of uh, our support right now. They're so worthy of us doing everything we can just to help them in this time of great need. And I, I can say not only um, amazing things going on, but real miracles. One of our friends, she was in a bus. and It was a bus of people from their church in Chernigov, and they were fleeing the city when the war was going on in that area. They got through Kiev. They were driving close to Zhytomyr. And imagine, there's about 25 people from a church in a bus, and the bus driver got lost. And then he didn't know where he was, and they were literally out in a field somewhere, and all of a sudden, in Jitoma, the nearby city, they heard the sirens going on, meaning bombs are coming. So they stopped in the field, because they got nowhere to go, and there's no basement or anywhere they can go, so they just got down in the bus, and they started to pray, Lord, help us. And then they heard the bombs beginning to hit, you know, nearby, and uh, praying the whole time. Finally, the bomb stopped and the sirens stopped. The bus driver made his way back to where the road was that he was supposed to be on. And it was then she said, she told us, Ed, we realized that if we wouldn't have gotten lost, we would have been hit. So we knew that God was taking care of us. He was watching out for us. Another guy, a pastor, was with his church. They were from near Donetsk. They were fleeing the area. And uh, a missile came and landed right beside their van where they were driving. And it, for some reason, you know, it was a dud. It didn't blow up. So, so Pastor Dennis, his name is, he gets out of the van, they stop, they get out of the van, they realize it's a miracle, and he goes over to take a picture and sends me a picture of this missile that didn't blow up, right? And I'm like, Dennis, you think that was a good idea? Like, maybe not, you know? I'm thinking like, what if you got over there and you heard tick, 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 you know? Uh, but what I'm saying is, is that, that God is still doing amazing, and this is true for our lives. This is our lives. Like when storms are going on around us, terrible storms around us, we can be sure that Jesus is in our boat. He's in our boat. He's going to be watching out for us. We can have faith in God, that God's still going to do great things. You know, the Apostle Paul says, finally, brothers and sisters, like he's asking them what to focus, what should we focus on? And he's saying, focus on this. Focus on things that are true. Focus on things that are noble, that are right. Focus on things that are pure. Focus on things that are lovely, admirable. I don't think he's talking about the news here. (laughs) Focus on things that are praiseworthy. Focus on things, you know, those kinds of things. He's asking them, look, if you've learned anything from me or received or heard anything or seen in me, put that into practice in the peace of God will be with you. I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to kind of paraphrase the last part of this just before I finish. Paul says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. He's kind of like, you renewed your concern for Ukraine. <laughs> Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need or because I've learned uh, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in, any, in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yet it was good to you, for, for you to share in my troubles And uh, I'm going to paraphrase. Like it was good for you to share in the troubles that are going on in Ukraine right now. Moreover, as you Canadians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I when I set out from uh, Canada, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. Canadian churches shared with me. For even then, I was in Ukraine. You sent me aid. More than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that you be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Alex the gifts that you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of glory in Christ Jesus. Thank you very much.